0: welcome. You're welcome to Africa Rising, Africa Rising podcast. This is the podcast that discusses travel, tourism, and uh, everything around the subjects in Africa. We think that it's important for us to begin to be putting Africa out there as one destination with a focus on leisure travel, business travel, meetings, incentive conferences, and exhibitions, and, you know, different travels on the continent. This is a beautiful continent. From the north right on to the south, to the middle, to east, west, right to the Indian Ocean and Atlantic Ocean countries, Africa is the place to visit. And we think that it's important to uh, shine our continent and the good things that are on this continent for people within the continent to travel to different places and people from outside to come and visit our continent. The goal of the Africa Rising podcast and some of the content that we're creating around uh, promoting Destination Africa is to ensure improvement in the arrivals of international tourists and intra-Africa tourism and the concomitant tourism receipts for African destinations. That's to say that we think that Africa needs a lot of people traveling onto our continent and also ensuring that we get the best out of that, improving the revenues that Africa needs so much to develop our continent. In um, the year that is set to be the, the golden year of travel, 2019, There were 1.2 billion people who traveled around the world. Africa had just a small share of that, 4.5% of the total uh, global travel uh, for that year. I mean, the following year was when COVID struck. So everybody thought that the numbers were bigger than that. Then COVID came in 2020 and uh, it took the numbers away. But in that year, um, there were about 52 million people who traveled into Africa. Other other continents had larger shares. And so there's a need for us to look at how to properly uh, let the world know, so this is the most beautiful continent, first of all. There's safety in Africa. There's a lot that they can experience when it come to Africa. And so we want to use Africa Rising as a way to project the continent and to promote the good things that we have. We have heritage. We have uh, wildlife. We have beaches. We have different things that are exciting for those who want to visit Africa to to uh, come and experience. My name is Francis Doku. And uh, this is the Africa Rising podcast, and we'll come to you every week. We'll record the people who understand what travel is, have conversations with them. We talk to travelers, tourists, we talk to people who uh, have knowledge about travel and have knowledge about, about, about tourism on the African continent. I will call this at the Pebble Studio in Accra. This is a, a podcast for the whole of Africa, promoting Africa as a destination. So we're going to talk about some of the things that are happening over the past few days and past few weeks on the continent and give some tips on travel around the continent, give some tips about aviation, about uh, some of the great things that are happening on the continent. I'll come back and talk about one very significant thing that happened this week in October, which is going to take effect from November. So we'll back soon. And welcome to the Africa Rising podcast. So this is the Africa Rising podcast. My name is Francis Doku. Uh, we're coming to you from Pebble Studio in Accra. And um, we record this uh, podcast here every week. And uh, it's, we, we talk about things about Africa. We talk about travel. We talk about uh, leisure travel, business travel, mice, and uh, everything about travel in Africa. And we have somebody who is uh, a kind of an expert on uh, aviation uh, in Africa, it's uh, Dominic Andor, and uh, Dominic is is, is is here with us to have a discussion on some of the key things that are happening in aviation this year, and uh, especially this week. Hello, Dominic. Hello. Welcome to the Africa Rising podcast. Um, uh, we are creating something that would have conversation about travel, about tourism, and everything around it on the African continent, from the perspective of Africa continent, with Africa as a destination. You know, and how we can kind of push our continent out there for people to travel. I mean, ourselves as citizens of the continent to travel on our continent, and also for uh, people outside to visit our continent. As I I mentioned in my introduction, Africa is able to command only about five percent of the global travel uh, uh, arrivals, but significantly also very little investment, travel investment on the continent. So. We're trying to look at how we can push ourselves out there to uh, increase arrivals on the continent and also intra Africa travel. So thanks for joining us. We want to talk about aviation and uh, some of the things that have happened and what tips you have for, for travelers on the continent in regards to uh, airplane, airports, you know, and stuff around aviation. What is happening on the continent currently from, from your perspective?
1: Uh, well... The key things happening is that post COVID, things are looking really good, especially for African careers and African travel or African aviation in general. Most of the carriers, in fact, almost all of them have returned to their pre pandemic figures doing double daily flights. Some have increased beyond even one 2019, uh, which was a very good year.
0: They did. What is that? Like the golden year of travel, uh,
1: 2019. Okay, okay. Because sometimes you sit down and think, ah, did we even have a pandemic? Yeah. But people are really traveling now, and airlines have scaled up a big time, acquiring planes here and in increasing frequency, opening uh routes to secondary and tertiary cities in various uh parts of Africa. For instance, uh if you take Zimbabwe. Harare, the capital, they already fly to. Now they are doing other destinations like uh, Bulawayo and other tertiary cities. So in one country, you find that one airline will fly to the main capital itself, a secondary city and a third city.
0: I think if it's about where they do Vic Falls.
1: Yes, they do Vic Falls, you do Bulawayo, then you do the capital itself. Yeah. Not really would have just been the capital, but things are really looking up and uh, things are picking up. People are traveling more often even before, 20, uh, before what we had in 2019 i mean people are traveling now more than what we had in 2019. i think pandemic fatigue and all that too yeah looking up for uh the aviation sector in africa
0: so one of the bigger hubs uh, on the continent I know for instance that ethiopia is um has been uh, one of the most profitable airlines um south africa airways had a lot of difficulty i think they had to uh, kind of close and revamp and then are back now what, what, what's happening in those space in terms of airline ownership and uh, hubs across the continent
1: okay um in terms of that i'll talk about five main things. one aska airlines in togo aska airlines is building or has built something really remarkable the Togolese government, EcoBank. And then Ethiopian Airlines came together to establish that. And Ethiopia are the managers of Ask Airlines. Yeah. They built something really wonderful in Togo. Uh, something that we envy here in Ghana. Because now, Asuka Airlines, based on frequency alone, is the largest foreign carrier coming to Ghana. They fly here four times a day.
0: Four times a day.
1: That's huge. Four times. Yes. Their frequency is four times. And they're all, always booked fully? Almost always. Okay. They are passengers. They are southernmost Point in South Africa. Their westernmost we know is Lome, and then they had no connection to the the eastern side. Ethiopian takes yes, that. Yeah, but now they have a direct connection to Kenya. Oh, okay. You can fly we here, connect through Lome straight to Kenya. That is now their easternmost destination. And towards the north, they have Jamena in the north. Okay. So it's like all the four points they are there now. Mm. And the, the the flights they just launched to Kenya is full, causing the likes of Kenya to also react and uh, try and give some freebies here and there because the competition is great. Yeah, yeah you know. Yeah, and they are not doing this with their small small aircraft; they acquired the bigger aircraft, the seven three seven max, to do the East African routes. And next year, imagine Askai that started small from Lome.
0: It was a very small uh, airline. Yeah. not too long ago.
1: Next year, they are doing Lome to Madrid, Lome Paris. So
0: what, what happens with their uh, the, uh, kind of uh, partnership with Ethiopian? Is it still uh, something that's, that's, that's on, given that they're
1: now There's going no to go? On. Yeah. Ethiopian has shares in NASCAR, but they also gave them the management contract. So yes, the Kubank owns shares. Togolese government just bought shares in NASCAR and then private individuals. They've given that to Ethiopian. So Ethiopian is the one doing the management of the airline on behalf of the shareholders. Oh, okay the next one i'll talk about nowadays which is always in the news now is angola angola tag angola the national carrier okay which the government is now trying to revamp it uh, recapitalize it properly and privatize it. it
0: it collapsed it collapsed at some point right like it went down
1: yes but, but it's so strong i mean especially when it comes to going to latin america okay. the and the likes they are really strong when it comes to that space, they've ordered a lot of aircraft, I think fifteen to twenty aircraft that we expect expecting from probably in a year's time that will start coming in to augment their fleets they already have. They are really investing heavily in it because they know that, I mean, if you build one runway, is uh, the is the route to everywhere instead of building roads everywhere. So, Tag Angola is also doing well. I mean, the government has actually set it out such that they are going to invest heavily in it, open Angola properly to the world. So they are also doing well the latin america route, brazil and the rest is them okay very dominant in that space i mean they, they compete against the likes of the traditional european carriers like tap portugal who likes to fly to latin america that, that path, a lot of yeah. the past okay angola is also doing very well in that space yeah. the next one we'll talk about
0: do you know for instance how many fleets they have
1: target is close to seven or eight okay. and they have just ordered almost 15 fleets. Oh, wow. Just this week, alone. Almost about 15,000 years. Spent. To be delivered by, by next year. In a year, yeah. Yeah. When a year will start coming in. Right. And they want to try and prop it up as much as possible and then government will sell off about 49% or 50% of the airline to a private investor. Okay. Those who now manage it and make sure that Angola is also well connected to the global trade system.
0: So currently, it's, it's it's fully owned by the state, the Angola government.
1: Yes. And then some markets we talk about is Nigeria, the national carrier, etc., there are a lot of challenges, but we notice that the domestic players are now scaling up. United Nigeria Airlines, Air Peace, of course, Ibom Air.
0: Ibom Air has has launched a route to Accra. I think this week, right?
1: They are coming to town. They are on coming on, uh, to town. Tuesday.
0: Okay. All right. Coming week.
1: They are doing daily flights. And guess what? Ibom Air is known by the government It's known by a state government. The Akwa Ibom government, state government, owns the airline. Oh, okay. And it operates out of Akwa ibo that particular states, They own the airline. Uh-huh. So it's going to be a very tough competition for the lives of us, Africa World Airlines, because it's not just Ibom Air that has been granted permission to come. United Nigeria
0: Airlines. Dominic, there seem to be some uh I don't know, whatever plagues Nigerian Airlines. They start very well and then, you know, along the line something terrible happens and then they, they their service begins to decline then before you realize they're gone. It's happened to a few of the airlines. In fact, people even have a lot of issues with peace, uh peace uh, you know, for instance. You know, so it's kind of typical, isn't it?
1: Yes, but with uh, Iboom Air and United, they've taken their time. Iboom Air, for instance, is very dominant in secondary and tertiary routes in Nigeria. Fly from Akwa Ibom, fly to Port Akut, fly to Oyo. So was Arik. Arik had was their bases within that side.
0: Yeah, Arik, for instance, was very strong in, in, in that space for a, for a while. And then suddenly, you know, things began to happen and it, it kind of went off. I'm just saying, yeah, maybe.
1: Oh, it's true. I yeah. had it's own issues, you know. <laughs> but the, the the main difference between Ibom and then Arik, for instance, is that because Ibom is owned by the state government, like uh, in Ghana, we have regional, like the regional government. Yeah, they make sure that the funding, the resources they need to run is there. But Arik wasn't owned by such a state government, you know, individual. It was a privately owned. Like, yeah. Yes, if your money runs out, then becomes a problem. But have the governor of the states and the people of the states realize that this airline is facilitating movement and connecting us to the trading system. I mean, who would have thought Akwa Ibom of all places will fly? i fly to Akwa Ibom from Accra. I can fly from here, connect to the Lagos to Akwa Ibom, go to or go to this, go to that. Yeah, they have really built their base in Nigeria well. And uh, for them, I mean, for the regional carriers in West Africa, if you really want to succeed, you have to try and do regional flights. But the regional flights that will give you dollars, and dollars is what will help you keep your business running. As for the local currencies and the small, small domestic money you make, it's not enough to Absolutely. keep you running and even break even and make profit.
0: But, but what's the implication for the likes of uh, Africa World Airlines? You know, because for a while they have dominated the route between Accra and Lagos, and maybe even Abuja. What, what's what's the implication of all this?
1: You have to compete. Either you compete based on equipment, and my equipment is better than yours. I compete based on frequency. If let's say uh Ibo-me is flying twice a day, or oh, they just fly twice. Oh, we need them like a plane to Lagos, or oh, we are here five times, fly us. In fact, that was one of the key things that got endeared Africa World Airlines in the Nigerian market because their own carriers will fly once or twice, no more. Africa World is small, they were complaining, you know, Nigerians like big things. Africa World is small.
0: Everybody likes big things, but when we had no choice.
1: Uh, <laughs> 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 they were thinking, ah. Oh, it's too small, but guess what? They were able to break into the market based on frequency and on time performance. So they tell you, we are here five times, uh, three times a day, four times a day. If it's six, six, they are flying. Ooh. But as a, this airline, they fly on time. They're always available. we fly them. That's how they caught up. They have to match what Iboom is doing. But unfortunately for them, it's not just Iboom. United Nigeria Airlines is also coming. Okay. Uh, owned by the university professor. We expect that they also start, uh, flying to Accra probably latest, latest quarter quarter from next year January, February, they also start flying. Oh. So we will have United Nigerian Airlines, we'll have Ibum Air, we will have, have uh, Air Peace, mm-hmm. and then on the Ghana side, we have uh, Africa World Airlines. Passioners says they're not ready to go regional now because they want to um, build their pace a bit. And then secondly, because of the issues with repatriation of funds from Nigeria. Nigeria yeah. is the biggest market yeah. in the sub-region. You fly to Nigeria, you make money, but you're able to repatriate your dollars. But Nigeria, top five countries in the world where airline monies are stacked. Nigeria is number one. Nigeria, Nigeria, Nigeria Algeria, Ethiopia, um, uh, South Sudan, there were five of them.
0: Then they're all, they're all in Africa.
1: Oh, there are some in Eastern Europe, of course. Okay, the Europeans um, also have their share. Eastern yeah. Europe, they have those issues. But Nigeria is a, it's a big problem. That's why the lives of Emirates will pull out. Because when so much money is stacked there, you can't pull it out. All the airlines will tell you, there are monies that are locked up in Nigeria. So in Nigeria, when they have to buy tickets, the lower inventories are not available to them. The airline, when you buy the ticket, it takes forever for them to be able to even get a fraction of
0: them. To reinvest you.
1: Give you the high-end inventories to buy from. Otherwise, use a Visa card, buy online so that at least Visa will settle yeah. some of those uh, monies to the airlines' home country, then they can get some dollars from there. Sure. Those, those are the major issues with the Nigerian ones. Okay.
0: Well, where else are we looking at? You, you mentioned five. East Africa.
1: Yeah, East Africa. Africa. East Africa, Ethiopian Airlines. Yeah. Well, they have they they built something really wonderful. They are still scaling up big time. In Ghana, for instance, they are going to start flying here double daily. Double daily from October twenty I think the same time as B is also increasing the other frequencies to um, ten. Double so, daily twice. T th- B S G double daily. That means twice a day. Twice here. a day, yeah. Twice a day. Wow. Yes. From next month. Twenty Yeah. Twenty this month. From October. Okay. All right. Wow. And British Airways on the same day, British Airways also is scaling up. They're adding three more flights. So instead of seven flights per week, they're now doing 10. They're going to do 10 more flights. Ten, 10 flights per week. I think three into Gatwick and seven into Heathrow. Oh, okay. On the 29th of October, B is scaling up 29th. It could be as in double daily flights.
2: Wow.
0: So um, has, that uh, will, I mean, our, our, our airport to become a bit more uh, uh, active <laughs> than, than it, it,
1: it is. We, we need it. Yeah. has invested a lot of money in the airport on ground infrastructure, but we don't have we are well-connected anyway, but we need more frequencies to be able to, you know, get some money in and then they break even. in. But put money that we earn is what we use to subsidize all the other regional airports. They can't take care of themselves. So is that you're able to attract more airlines into Kotaka or those here, you get them to keep in their frequencies. So. Would,
0: anything, would anything change with the expansion of the Kumasi airport to an international airport? Would some of these flights, you know, go to Kumasi? Man, this is
1: a bit of a problem. In fact, I've done uh, feasibility is thirty for two or three airlines. The major issue is the runway. The terminal building is big, but the runway is limited. Okay. Train or something. That's how they are expanding it. The biggest plane that can land in Kumasi is uh, 737. They can't go beyond that. 737 is just like uh, the, the brand new 737 that Ethiopia uses for the evening flights, can mm-hmm. it's about, let's say, 190-something passengers. They can't take a bigger aircraft to Oh, wow. Because the runway is short. OK, OK. So any okay. airline going into Kumasi has to do all those dynamics. If I have to fly all the way from Qatar to Kumasi direct, and I'm flying just 190 passengers or so, will I be able to make it in even?
0: But the GCA, they didn't think of all that when they were trying to expand the airport, or they didn't have enough space to be able to do that, or we were hoping that... So there
1: wasn't enough space. Yeah. There wasn't enough space. I remember three years ago, four years ago, when they even started, I went in the evening for a visit. They <laughs> end. The runway, one end is a highway. If you look at the Kumasi one, mm. the other side is a big highway, the road. So you don't know what to do. Cut through the road, or what do you do with mm. the road area? The okay. Well, so they are constrained for space when it comes to the runway. After the terminal, now, about they could do it. So any flights coming into Kumasi, we have to now know that the maximum you can take there is a certain threshold. Okay. So the dynamics I have looked at, and some airlines, few airlines, we've done some work for are uh, all looking at the 737 if it's possible in the dynamics. Otherwise, the regional ones, they can do it. I mean, APs can move. Ibu can decide to move. Asky sky can move. Okay. You can use a Q4, Q400 or a 737. So, a 737, the lower version, 737s. So, um on East Africa and the TBN so they are doing double daily to across classroom. And um, there are a few discussions here and there. Because uh, the, the, now we see a lot more traffic to Northern, uh, Northern America, especially Canada, okay. and then uh, some other countries, some other cities in the US.
0: D- Dominic, we we have to we have to wrap up in a, like a minute or oh. so. What about Southern Africa?
1: In Southern Africa, we have a very good news. I mean, something we've been fighting for for a long
0: time. Yeah, I was going to come to that. <laughs> Four years, right?
1: Yeah. So now at least South African Airways are doing a lot of business. And the new South African Airways, South African Airways 2.0, is doing well. I mean, they started expanding, opening up more routes. So we expect that now South African Airways will be doing a lot more.
0: Are they going to go back to the to the Washington route, do you think?
1: I will not be surprised if they apply for it, because the airport company needed more airlines to start flying. Uh, from protocol to some of those routes. I won't be surprised if they apply. I know they applied to doing Cofi at last time, but sure. they didn't renew the freedom for that. But I know they will, they will soon apply for it.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. But but having come back, um how are they how are they doing now? You know uh, since they, they came I back to think about it, yeah, and I half so. The major go.
1: issue was with the visa issue because the visa issue was really killing the airline. The airline was expanding really well. Accra has always been a very special child to South African airways, but the visa issues and those things were the main stumbling block. But now that that's out of the way, we expect that they will do a lot more. I mean, of course, if you talk about the economies on the continent, the bigger ones South Africa, South Africa, Nigeria, West Africa, Egypt, you know,
0: Morocco, and all that, and, yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, so those are the bigger ones. So, so, we so maybe
0: we should just touch on the issues. on the visa issue a bit before you go. You know, um, as mentioned, it's been it's been hanging for a while. Um, we we understood that Ghana was pushing for one eighty days, and South Africa insisted on ninety days. Why were we asking for one eighty days? To I mean, to, to begin with, what are going to some of country for half a
1: year?
0: But 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 this is good news right this is good news from 1st November uh, Ghanaians would not need to have a visa before traveling to South Africa similarly South Africans on an ordinary passport would just pick their bag and come to Ghana
1: right mm. oh yeah, it's it's, it's good news sometimes i wonder i wonder why our people will sit down we have to lobby but I tell you the work we've done in the background some top top people uh after secretary secretary general has to got, get involved go to his home affairs ministry take our stories here go we'll and show it to them try and get them to act why must they come to that
0: i think this guys just they just offered it to us like that i mean just take this but we dilly dallyed it for four years
1: yes uh people i don't know why sometimes we waste so much time on some of these things i mean
0: but what's the implication? I mean, on a bigger scale of you know in 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 tra- Africa travel, I, I think one of the biggest issues that uh, has hampered a travel on the continent is visas to different countries. But this like a big start to a lot that could happen, right?
1: It's true. In fact, um, I was planning some a trip with some guys, and we we're talking about Southern Africa. And so from Namibia to South Africa, so South Africa these issues. We should ignore them. So I changed the whole thing to East Africa, that we can easily do East Africa.
0: Kenya, Tanzania, travel. Rwanda, you don't need yes. visas to all this kind You can just
1: do all those trips. Yeah. And now this happens. Mm-hmm. So now, I, I was just telling them that the next one we have to push is Namibia. Yes, Namibia, two, three days, you get a visa one.
0: I think all those countries, Namibia, Botswana, they need to come to the party.
1: Yeah. Once you're able to get rid of the Namibia one, I think Botswana, Botswana we don't need visa to go Once you're able to get... That out of the way means when you pick your bag, you know you are doing three, four countries inside of Africa. You are doing it Mm. East Africa, that one, you know, Ghanese. We we have a very free pass through a lot of these places. So, in a nutshell, we think that travel will pick up a lot more business and trade, commerce will flourish (laughs) under the aftak, and then most importantly, we will see a lot more trading among ourselves. Because the truth is that I mean, in Africa, aftak is just sustained is the airlines. There's no way shipping will help. You can't ship anything from Kenya all the way to Ghana. It has to go around South Africa, down South Africa, all the way up here. No, it's fair. So, yeah. Air travel is what will facilitate after trade and business. So once we are able to get some of these visa restrictions out of the way, things will improve. Tourism, travel, the commerce, and business will flourish.
0: Thank you so much, uh, Dominic. Um, we would come back to you another time when we're we'll calling for an update on what's happened since we spoke on the continent. So thank you. Very grateful for your time. We wish you all the best. You're welcome. Yeah, I'm here with uh, Abdul Hassan Munkaila, who yeah. is the producer of this podcast. Munkaila, uh, welcome. Thank you so much, for We set out to do something very, uh, very big for the continent. Absolutely. Yeah, as I mentioned, not just big, unique. Unique. <laughs> <laughs> as I mentioned, yeah. Africa is a very beautiful continent. It we is. have a lot. I mean, I think we are the most, the warmest people on the planet. Mm-hmm and we want to extend our our borders to people from outside people who are just like us in different countries on the continent mm-hmm. or intra-africa and then people from outside the continent to come onto yeah. our continent Absolutely. um unfortunately we are the least country when it, a continent, continent when it comes to uh, travel mm-hmm. the number of people who travel onto our continent is not us other continents get the numbers there must be different reasons you know things like marketing aspects you know marketing yeah, promotion promotion uh security some people complain uh transportation and access you know sometimes it's a bit more difficult traveling from one country in africa to the other than traveling from the continent to say europe or america um, or even the middle east you know and all that all these things have added to the fact that we're unable to command the numbers that other continents command. But we think that with a podcast like Africa Rising, we'll talk about those issues and look at how to remove those barriers Absolutely, that would ensure that we're able to. So what's your perspective when it comes to this particular thing that we are creating?
2: You know, you and I have been on this way too long, and this is not the first time we've come up with ideas like this and... uh I remember when we used to be somewhere else before we got here. <laughs> <laughs> we, we brought th- really talking about the
0: radio show we <laughs> had for about three years. Absolutely. Uh, Travel Pass.
2: Pass, back at 3FM. Uh, yeah, yes. Exactly. And yeah. we did quite well in uh, projecting the image of not just Ghana, but Africa in its entirety by mm-hmm. making sure that we put on Policymakers on our show to be able to look at the issues critically. You know, as you mentioned, Africa has beautiful places, has beautiful sites. In your introduction, you mentioned the beaches, you mentioned a lot of wildlife, uh, little, little wildlife you know, and all mind. of that. And one thing hey, in yeah. Ghana, in mm-hmm. Ghana, one of the yeah, countries in Africa.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I think Ghana has some of the oldest European edifices in the castles of Ammuna Castle, That's Cape West Castle, and other.
2: And I know that people who even were, when when you yeah. when when you parade through the streets of Takradi, for instance, you yeah. where um I had a lot of uh I mean the slave activities actually took place even here in Jamestown, Accra. You you could see when you walk past those streets how those edifices that have been left by the Europeans. I mean uh. The, the sort of project the beauty of how, what we've gone through as a country. I remember where I have my problem has to do with the culture of maintenance, which is another co- t- conversation that Absolutely. we're going to yeah. have later. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. but I feel that uh, Africa has a lot to do. Back on our conversation on Africa, yeah. we have a lot to do. We haven't sold Africa. We haven't Africa hasn't been sold out properly. And it's important that policy makers actually come together. And one of the means that we believe that that can be done is through our beautiful show, African Rising, yeah. where we get to connect Africa, you know, from the West to the North, to the East, to the, to the South. South you and know. talk
0: about the great things that are on this continent. I mean, for example, Munkaila, yeah, um, this year, earlier this year, I think mm-hmm. around May June, I was in Namibia and we did the desert safari. Yeah. yeah. I mean, amazing I
2: experience. Yeah. Namibia, a country that has been being spoken about yeah. a lot in Africa. Yeah. It has some of the most beautiful, beautiful.
0: beaches in mm-hmm. Swakomond. It has. and. One of the most beautiful things I saw was mm-hmm. where the Atlantic Ocean meets the Namib Desert. I know? think I saw
2: you posted some pictures about that Absolutely place uh, on social fantastic. media. Beautiful place, and you got people talking as a matter yeah. of fact. A lot of people wondering whether yeah. this is truly Africa. This is Africa, and I saw this gentleman that we're surely going to get on our show, uh, Maya yeah. You know, he went to he went there again, and they did his uh, videographies and yeah. all of that. They put on social media, okay. and it excites a lot of people. No, it does. You could see that. Yeah. Such acts actually helped in improving or, I mean, uh, increasing uh tourist destination towards Absolutely. those countries and all of that, True. which we feel like is important. yeah. And the need for us to come up with a show like this, African Rising, mm. and we hope that it's not just about projecting the countries, but also getting policymakers to sit together and have conversations and directions that can help in making policies that can ease the stress, as you mentioned. Why is it that it's so expensive to move from one African country, country to the, to the other? other?
0: But see, I was even <laughs> talking about the promotional aspect when yeah, I mentioned Namibia. Namibia, okay. You know, in a sense that, look, I was also recently in uh, Dubai, mm-hmm. and I also did the desert safari. Yeah, I tell you, the Namibian experience is is way better. But the Dubai one has been promoted. You yeah. know, I mean, everybody knows that <laughs> you go to Dubai to do. But many people do not know about Namibia. That big thing in Namibia. It's because basically
2: you know, there's a deliberate attempt by the those in Dubai to make sure. Yeah, they so sell the it point out. is that we so, haven't properly yeah, sold, sold the good things we have on then the Then I agree
0: with you absolutely. You know, the promotion yeah. has not been as much as I me. Mean, look, if I look on my Facebook feed, yeah, I think every time I go on Facebook, I see a promotion of Dubai. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you know what, many things. For instance, what is things even things funny
2: that is that now those in Dubai. In, in order to sell their products, you use Africans as means yeah, to be yeah, doing that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know whether you saw the dance people. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's so, what I'm saying. So anytime if, I open,
0: I see yeah. promotional uh, articles, dancer, materials. Uh, yeah. Somebody from Ghana, yeah. and somebody from Nigeria, yeah. from different parts yeah. of the continent yeah. to promote but, their uh, destination. Yeah. So we need to... Understand that promotion is very important. Promotion and marketing and promotion is very important. That's I agree. To put in our continent out there for people then, to know the things then, we have. Then I agree. So that's
2: one yeah. of the many impediments that we need to clear. And secondly, I will also add the fact that we Africans have taste for foreign materials a whole lot. And that's sort of in or sort of cuts, uh, I mean, that kind of, uh, I mean, I don't know how to put it, but you see, trying to project your country, you'll notice that the ones that you're selling your country to who are the citizens or the citizens of the continent, they themselves are not interested. That apathy is an area that we need to look at, re-explore, and see how best we can help in encouraging domestic tourism. Because for us to be able to sell our own country, the people within the countries in the on the continent needs to be, Part of the campaign itself they need to be the people who are going to project it yeah. so individual countries in the, on the continent which is about 52 i think those who have i mean they should there should be a deliberate attempt Absolutely. by authorities of those countries to ensuring that they promote what they have look at beni <laughs> which is not too far away maybe yeah. i know have so much yeah. but look at them uh look at uh, namibia which you have been to yeah. look at Recently, Botswana. Butchua, Botswana, yeah, I was a,
0: in Botswana last year. It's a yeah. very beautiful place. I mean, Botswana has some of the, I mean, perhaps the big, the biggest number of wildlife in in any part of 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 the continent. Oh, in the, you it. know, because you go to the Okavango region, yeah. and they have everything, yeah. like from uh, wetlands, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, animals yeah. and other wildlife yes. like crocodiles mm-hmm. and things in the Waterlogged area to the you know the big Mount. one the big fight yeah like buffalo like uh, lion no to, I mean you Francis know, and has told all to <laughs> you <know>. all <laughs> they have all of that yeah. in Botswana yeah and it's a very beautiful, beautiful. country yeah I mean yeah. Habaroni, yeah. very smart city with beautiful people and beautiful you know sites to see CC. different things and mm. and mm. Botswana. And even Namibia, yeah. they're the biggest exporters of, of cattle, you know, this. anywhere. Look at this. And they have, they have, a lot of, a lot of Fulani people around those? Not Fulani, but they say there are more. I mean, when we're in Botswana, for yeah. instance, the population of Botswana is about four million. Oh, oh no, two million. And the population of cattle the population of cattle is about four million. So there are more cattle, cattle than, than, than human <laughs> <laughs> Similar thing also in Namibia. Yeah. Namibia is the smallest country in terms of numbers, yeah. population per capita. But the size of a country is huge. Huge. You huge. know? And there's so many things you can see yeah. when traveling across yeah. that that those those places. Yeah. So uh, we need also, like you said, yeah. as a people to promote Most our people. own continents. We need to take pride in, in, in what we the, have yeah, and look at how
2: we can promote it. Until you learn and to then, appreciate what you yeah, have. You don't expect but outside it's it.
0: also important to note that sometimes the impediments are uh, travel logistics. I mean, so for instance, it's easier to travel to Dubai, Mm -hmm. pick a plane and go to Dubai Dubai, than to travel to uh, Namibia for for instance, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think all those things need to be looked at by the powers that be. How easy do we travel on our continent Mm -hmm. when it comes to, you know, airlines and all that, where if I pick my bag and I say, I'm going to say maybe DR Congo, yeah, it shouldn't be difficult for me. But as it is now, if I'm going to DR Congo, Mm -hmm. I need to maybe go all the way to South Africa. The last time I was in DRC was in... 2014. Look at this. At, at that time, the trip was I had to go all the way to, to South, South Africa, Africa. and uh, lay over for about 12 hours before the next flight to go. Into, I don't know yeah. how things have improved over yeah. the last uh, Francis, almost 10 maybe years. Maybe just that, to
2: add know. a little bit on the impediments that you mentioned. You know, language barrier is also very, 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 I mean, an issue of big concern in a yeah. part of the world. Sure. And I must commend the Francophone communities for making attempts, you find a whole lot of them bringing their children here to learn English just to be able to serve as a bridge between uh, the Anglophone world and also the Francophone world. So in terms of traveling and destination, you notice they come here, but we don't go there. So I think it's equally important that Anglophone-speaking countries also develop that kind of interest in teaching, you know, I mean, uh, young people, the languages, so that when they grow with it, that can serve as barrier. let's say for instance, I'm a tour guide uh, in 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 uh, in DR Congo, and there's a group coming all the way from Ghana. There's a group coming all the way from Nigeria. There's a group coming all the way from maybe even the not the northern side of Africa, Morocco. Yeah. Because this this language by bridge that we can have among ourselves, I think it's easier to also help in promoting um, countries and tourism in those. Respective countries that we have. That's my opinion. No, today. I think it's it's, it's yeah,
0: true. It's yeah. a fair fair point. Yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, it's not as if we haven't tried out. It, it? <laughs> because French is part of the curricula in yeah. English-speaking countries then in Africa, as much as I know. Yeah. But for but whatever reason, the seriousness. Uh, it looks like yeah, there's no seriousness. <laughs> seriousness right. People go to school, yeah. they learn yeah. it. Yeah. Perhaps yeah. because I mean, they don't practice it. So by like, the next semester. Yeah. Yeah. Or term they've forgotten uh, about if possible, it
2: possible we know. can have what we call a lingua franca basically in the entire Africa. I don't know what whether the world tourism organization the u n w w w t will find an interest in that area and sort of see governments through the African Union and they can sit down and look at Africa in itself. Maybe let's have a language, a common language that cuts across all African countries, you know, just like the United States of uh, America. You know that when you're moving from the states to the other, you don't have to struggle too much because there's a language in there. Mm. When you look at Europe, Europe. But that's
0: that's <laughs> that's that's
2: ideal and that's long. It's a long-term project. I think. Yeah. Europe is a perfect
0: example of of a continent that has different languages. I agree with you. Um, France, France. Yes, speaks French. 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 You're in Germany. They German, speak German. Yeah, you're in Luxembourg. It's, Luxembourg, it's, Luxembourg, they speak French, German. Okay. I'm going to Switzerland. No, they speak French, yes. German, German. You know, Italian speak Italian. You know, Italiano, Italian. <laughs> you know, you're in the Netherlands. <laughs> they speak uh, Deutsch, yes. You know, yeah. but, but there are no the barriers. barriers. In 2019, yeah. I traveled across yeah. ten yeah. European countries. And, it's, and it's, when it's, you get to the to the barrier, yes. the border between yeah. one country and the other—that's <laughs> nothing. They don't even stop you. Look at this. I mean, two days ago, I was speaking to somebody who came from Nigeria. <laughs> they came for a sports exchange <laughs> with uh Tessano Sports yeah. Club. They have a, a sports club in Ikeja, yeah. Lagos. So they came in to have. He said, "Look, they left on Friday. They, they left uh, Lagos That's on Friday Lagos. By, by bus. Yeah, they had like three or four buses, buses. on the road. They were about." Oh, almost a hundred of them or so. <laughs> it took them more than 24 hours to yeah, arrive in Accra. Just, I just that They can th- just take th- three, th- three
2: th- hours or four yeah. hours or maybe a maximum, maximum 10 five, Then Okay. It took I mean, them,
0: you know, so cool much. because yeah. of the borders. You From understand?
2: They spend mm. time. And I'm saying that. And this it's is the same Africa. Same Africa. West Africa. E-Echoas. Echoas. ECOWAS as in You know, it's not opinion.
0: like it's not like a like, different region like a or something. Yeah. This is ECHOAS. ECOWAS started be easy. before the EEC, yes. which eventually became yeah, the European be Union. Union.
2: Yeah.
0: And I'm saying that compared to the experience I had in Europe, yeah. you did get to the border. Yeah, there's did you, there's only free flow. You don't know when you are in the next country. it's only a side that shows that okay, now you are in Belgium. You know what I mean. So, and language hasn't been a barrier to them. Not at all. Language has not been a barrier. So as much as we should encourage ourselves to speak other languages, I think authorities need to come to understand that language, uh, there's, 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 there's some level of... uh beauty in diversity that's true you know i speak that's a different true. language speak a different, yeah. but we understand ourselves uh, in a way that's true. but we have to push ourselves to learn french that's true but have, yeah. having said that yeah i think the leaders of the continent need to understand that language must not be a barrier to travel not at all i mean when you are in any part of the world yeah. you may not understand the local language but you can carry yourself around you can, you have a way of booking your you trains you exactly. know going to i was in Spain. Yeah. I had a very difficult time in Spain. Because <laughs> of the language. Because of the language. Yeah, the somebody Spanish didn't really want to speak to me yeah. because I couldn't speak it's, Spanish yeah. or Basque language. Yeah. But I found a way to go on and Google and, and, and go, get myself around, yeah. you know, and all that. Yeah. But we need to make sure that our people travel our continent regardless of what language they speak. <laughs> they need to come and experience. We need to go and experience, you know, and all that. Visa. Yes. We'll come to that. Exactly. Visas, <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> Exactly, air, air transport, security in various that,
2: countries, so. and all of that. Yeah, those things. I, I read a be. story not too long ago from one of uh, your former employees, of course, who used to be under you. Uh, she now she now resides in Canada mm. and decided to take a trip to uh, Rwanda with her family. Okay. And apparently, when she got to Rwanda, uh, she misplaced the phone after they she and the family had visited the restaurants. I think she had left her phone behind the story the narrative she gave and how she quickly got just a report and the police were able to track the phone so the where the one who actually had kept the phone for her and in the next few minutes her phone was brought back to her Mm -hmm. you see those acts tend to give tourism confidence tourist confidence in whatever i mean in rwanda especially environment like rwanda and that will make a lot of people attract a lot of people to come so just to talk about the security, security arch- yeah. architecture. Yeah. The confidence <laughs> that if
0: I'm in that country, exactly, I wouldn't lose my things. Exactly. I wouldn't be stabbed in the back. I could, you would agree you know, with me that yeah. today,
2: as we are trying to promote Africa through the African Rising show, for instance, there are certain countries that when we mention in Africa, nobody wants to go there. Yeah our very own Nigeria yeah. there are question marks about Nigeria and Nigerians and how they act on security and all of that countries like uh, I'm sure you mentioned some Burundi for instance I hear regardless of what is happening in Burundi the country is still beautiful they've got things to they can sell out yeah. is it Somalia I saw no Wandemaya was one in one of those countries that we hear is a war zone for instance Sudan mm. look at how beautiful they are women yeah. look at but it's important also we project
0: No, We're, but I must say that Nigeria is a very beautiful place well, it's you, <laughs> a, it's a, it's a very beautiful country. No, you see. And I think some of those perceptions, perceptions. are such things that we need to yeah. find a way to, yeah. to combat. Exactly. That in every country, there are bad people. Sure. In every country, in the United States, in the United Kingdom, in everywhere you go, there are yeah. bad people. Mm-hmm. I mean, for instance, the gentleman I said came to, to, to Ghana from Nigeria, where they came to have the, the sports yes, uh, exchange. Yes, 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 yes. He mentioned about yeah. how he left his phone in Ghana. In Ghana. And he got the phone back. He got a phone. Wow. Back. You know, he got a phone back. And, is he an iPhone? And, 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 yes, it is. 12? <laughs> yeah. Pro very high, high, high. <laughs> Those he phones got cannot a be phone stolen. back. <laughs> no, nah, the, the taxi driver brought back the phone. Wow. And they, and they, they got it. So, in recent times. But a lot of people may say that, hey, if.
2: In Ghana, you you not you lose it, it, but
0: but there are some
2: good. But first, for you know? I think it's important we also commend such acts because they tend to more or less like project good image. Let's say, for instance, just recently there was a, a case of a uh, an unemployed man who had found money in a car. Um, I think about 100,000 Ghana City, which contained it yeah. A, yeah, yeah. And he had actually taken it to so a radio station. Yes, 150, so 150,000 Ghana City. Yes, yeah. 150,000 Ghana City. And, and look took at it to, to the, the radio station, station and so. make well, sure I that the owner this, found it. Yeah, Such stories, publications... Those, those it, things I need to be promoted. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Because it's it's it, it, it speaks good, good about how the citizen. value... Because many countries have lost value. True. About that. I mean, some people are saying, is this guy normal? Like, okay, like, so... Yeah. You see this much money and you feel like, yeah. you are the guy
2: says he's, his he's unemployed. Yes. And you know, look at so this. Honorally... That's even the very intriguing aspect of it. <laughs> An unemployed person yeah. who's struggling to make ends meet, yeah. sits in the taxi, yeah. comes across 150,000 Ghana city yeah. and he decides to take, comes bit, across of, to see what, uh, that would be about like what? Almost $15,000. Yes. And takes it back to yeah. the owner and say, no, I found an ID card, so I believe I can trace whoever this money belongs to. I think that's to. very commendable. And Extremely. Be, I mean,
0: again, hey. coming back to tourism, those yeah. things help to promote, promote the fact yeah. that, look, you could be in a country, yes. you may lose something, and, and you get it back. Absolutely. And it's important that we promote the little good things this that, that happen in African Africa. countries. I mean, <laughs> and kind of downplay a bit some of the things that Did we, may, because every country has
2: its own, you know, uh, difficulties. Difficulties. There are bad people in every country, yeah.
0: but there are a yeah. lot
2: of good people. Uh, in maybe one last so. thing I might also add on the aspect of bad people. You know, there can be bad people in communities. Yeah. However, the commitment of authorities is equally important, important in ensuring that they pursue whatever matter that can be for them. So yeah. it's, uh, it's last, what do you call it? Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to put it. but You see, so when I have a situation where I I lose my phone, like the lady who lost the phone in Rwanda, the police do not just take a report and sit down with her acting. They make sure they pursue the matter to its very finality. And that's why they were able to get that phone and give it back to the lady. Now, when she goes back to whichever country she comes from, trust me, she's going to mention and she's going to promote. promote. promotional The promotion aspect we are talking about, it starts from the word of math. Then eventually goes on social media, and yeah. you would agree with me that social media is now a powerful tool to promoting tourist destinations, like you know countries that I do go. Look at what Wande Maya. I just want to use him as an example because I we commend him yeah. uh, as an African rising team on the good work he also has been doing on his side, on his side to promoting Africa countries. Absolutely. You see, look at what he's done in uh, Rwanda. I think I saw a video of him taking a trip to Germany and people were referring to it. There was a, there's a, there's a lady I saw who said she actually came to Africa for the very first time because of what she saw. Yeah. And but I think, I think,
0: they, I think that the young people who have taken travel, uh, more seriously promotion yeah. as a way of life for them, lifestyle, they're doing a lot in promoting the continent. That's I true. mean, I was in, when I was in Namibia, I met a few young people, yeah. about four of them from Nigeria. They said, look, yeah, this is all they do. They travel across Africa Africa. trying to look at the good things and then
1: promote, (laughs) it. you know. uh,
0: And I think Woody Meyer and some of these young people need to really be commended because, I mean, it is through their eyes that many people see the
2: continent. and decide. Apart from Woody Meyer, there's one man that we need to equally commend. His good friend has asked (laughs) us yeah <laughs> Francis is doing a good job as well I mean <laughs> you and your friend no we try we try well, but as, <laughs> as to us nobody <laughs> we're still looking for him
0: <laughs> no so but this is good and I think that uh, we'll continue to look at how to to encourage these young people who promote the continent and see how they can you know bring back the love that we need for ourselves as people on the continent and people out there but before we end this part uh, today, yeah. I think it's important that we reference what happened in October when, uh, Ghana and South Africa eventually signed the yeah, visa, you know, waiver. visa waiver mm-hmm. agreement. Sure. I think it's important to put it in context that for about four years, uh, South Africa had been holding well, on then, waiting for Ghana yeah. to come around and, yeah. and, and, uh, sign the offer that they gave mm-hmm. for a visa waiver. And I think it is, it is commendable. Absolutely that, commendable. That we eventually got there. It took four years, but we have the results now. We have the results. Now, yeah. what do you think that means to, to
2: travel, uh, between the countries, the two countries? Well, you know, before we got on the to this pod, we actually had spoken to somebody from the embassy who was giving figures on how the 10 yeah. policy was working. And, and I think we'll get some of those people Absolutely. onto the port to give a bit of explanation eventually on you know, the implication, implication of this i agree you know implication yeah. of this and yeah. i think we'll get into that definitely but, it's got yeah. a positive implication yeah. you know in terms of a uh, economic wise because people will be traveling doing business between the two countries and you know yeah. how Ghanaians are passionate But like, i also think on the south, Af- south africa aspect or side it also helps a lot looking at how they trying to promote their tourism for instance now you make it more easier for Ghanaians to or even schools to organize well we in French francophone countries we call de vacances mm. you know whenever it's vacation it will be much more easier now to move even young people like students from Ghana to South Africa so that is going to Impact their tourism sector largely as well as ours as well because we have a lot of South, South Africans, yeah, that will be coming, yeah. you know. Then eventually, maybe we'll see intermarriages here and there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the people who signed the document had that in mind, no, what but had I in think you should have
0: ease of access between there, the two countries. Yes. You know. I mean, because you know, we referenced also earlier how uh, visa regimes prevent. Inter trade Africa. You know, inter, yeah, travel, 12. You know yeah. because um as Ghanaians, we only had until yeah. until the South Africa the agreement was signed. Yeah. we had 44 countries that yeah. we could travel yeah. around the world. And out of that forty four, yeah. I could say now forty-five yeah. from November, yeah. um 14 are West African West countries. Af- yeah. You know, so yeah. the remaining yeah. are some South African South countries, Africa. some Caribbean yeah.
2: countries. You know, Francis, and, I don't know whether actually, we've yeah. taken our mind to this conversation that this visa waiver com- uh, policy that has been introduced okay. is going to be um, a tool for us to really gauge what the pro true problem is among the ECOWAS countries. We don't want the same difficulties that we face, even though we, the, we are told that you can travel to Benin without visa. I see the kind of st- interboundary struggles that one has to go through. Yeah. For instance, you mentioned the aspect of your friend who was coming from Nigeria. Yeah. A journey that should take them like 10 hours took them like 24 hours Absolutely. which is not right yeah. let's see what then happens then now we'll be able to know what the true problem is Within the West African sub region, as compared to Ghana having a f- free visa waiver with na- uh, South Africa, South Africa. Mm-hmm. now we can make the comparison and see where truly the problem is coming from.
0: But it's, it's not it's South Africa, is not the first. We have visa waivers in some other countries, Kenya, uh, Kenya, yes, and Rwanda. I, I pick my bag and go to Kenya, yeah. I, pick bag, yeah. I, go to yeah. I pick my bag, I go to Rwanda, yeah. I pick my I go to Zimbabwe. Yeah. Uh, there are other countries that we have like visa on arrival, yeah. like Zambia. Yeah. You know, I don't have mm-hmm. to necessarily pre book before, if I get there and I said, okay, I can yeah. have a visa on arrival, yeah. you know, kind of thing. Ghana in 20, no, 2018, 2019, the president, mm-hmm. then president, uh, no, 20, it's 20, earlier, 2015. That's, I think that we, mama. we said that all countries, all the 54 African countries mm-hmm. that those that we didn't have visa waiver yeah. with, you could travel to Ghana <laughs> and get visa on arrival. <laughs> you didn't have to, yeah. you know, and I'm saying that this South Africa-Ghana uh, agreement mm-hmm. may be a catalyst to the bigger conversation of sure. how we can, I agree. you know, get to the state. Yeah. Well,
2: because we're pushing at the AU level. Yeah. Look, Africans should be allowed um, to, to travel in free. Africa. All, you, know, you know, and it's taking so long. That's going to even make the work of the, uh, what do you call it, called, the African trade, Afct AFCTA, yes, AFCTA. Yeah, very easy. It's,
0: it makes it yeah. easy because... Travel and trade go mm-hmm. hand in hand. That's there's true. tourism, but there's also the trade. trade it's important to mm-hmm. to for the continent's mm-hmm. leaders to come to the realize. And I know, for instance, that there've been conversations, mm-hmm. there've been policies, mm-hmm. there've been things mm-hmm. that are supposed to be happening, mm-hmm. but it's been so slow. Yeah. And I agree, you know. But there's a need to look at expediting, yeah. you know, those things. because right. if we're going to have our people travel on a continent, yeah. the ease of access yeah. must be yeah. created. Like I mentioned yeah. earlier. Mm-hmm. In Europe, yeah. it's not difficult traveling from one country. So long as you have the, docu- the right... The, the, the docu- the right docu- I mean, if I have a Schengen visa, you go a- everywhere. And, but if I'm exceptional... a citizen of Europe, yeah. I mean, like a French yeah, citizen, see, yeah. I don't have to struggle to travel to France, to Italy, to yeah. S- Switzerland, to, mm-hmm.
2: even though even Switzerland is not an EU country, yeah. but it's an European country. You, you know? don't struggle for yeah. en- for entry. So that's a, to me, that's a bigger conversation that we need to look at so that we can actually pinpoint the issues that is impending the... Rightful implementations of those policies. It's one thing to have a policy being introduced. It's another thing having the right implementation within that jurisdiction or that society context. Yeah, of, yeah that context. Because like, yeah. it shouldn't be a problem when you get to Lumi, for instance. You're going to Lumi today, and you get to flower, You know, that kind of helps at times to make you go through you know, on the other side of the border, you yeah. tend to ask yourself, ah, I'm not really from the... Everybody's trying yeah. to extort yeah. some money. The extortion, here and you pay yeah. and pay and, and pay. And the pay next pay. time I go through that experience, that ordeal, trust me, whoever wants to go through that same, I wouldn't advise.
0: And, and, and I don't to, think, honestly, I don't if, think that people in, say, Eastern Africa go through the same process. I mean, if I'm a, a Kenyan citizen, I'm going to Tanzania yeah. or Uganda. Mm-hmm. They don't go through that. The hell? As much as we... Do here, and yeah. I, I I keep saying that Ecowas had been a forerunner to regional, you know, integration. integration. Yeah. Then ahead of the likes of SADC, ahead of yeah. the likes of the Eastern Bloc, even Maghreb, Maghreb, you know, and yeah. all that, but we haven't properly been able to implement it in a yeah. manner that yeah. our citizens would, you know, be would travel, like they say, move free yeah, movement events, of goods yes, and services, services and exactly. people. Exactly. We have not been able to do that. Right. So there's a need to ensure yeah. that we encourage our leaders yeah. to lead us in that, right. you know, scope. Uh, scope. Yeah. And in fi- all
2: the regions and across, you know, yeah. the continent. One final thing that I would like to touch on with your permission. Yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> you see, would be able to attain some of this things when we probably enumerate the people who actually take the front, I mean, the front leading in all of this, let's pay them well. When they are paid well, they will not be pushed. They will not be. At, I mean, uh, there will not be temptations to get into certain acts of corruptions that lead to making tourism unattractive. You know, because everybody wants some local you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just an issue that came to mind, and I believe that even though it might not be major, but it's actually important. We look at. I think it goes beyond just people on the border. It goes to people who are. Taxi
0: drivers, people at the hotels, uh, waiters and waitresses, you know, and all that. It's a lot. I believe as we go on with this conversation that we'll talk about, bring experts to have a bit of exposition and, you know, open things up a bit for us to properly understand. But this is the main part. And I think that we have set a tone for what will happen on Africa Rising. As I mentioned this podcast would put Africa out there, put Africa first, look at how we can market this continent as a destination and push ourselves and show the world the good things that we have. There may be some little negative things on the continent, but the positive things are more and we encourage people to come onto our continent and experience it. So thank you for coming in today and uh, we'll continue to come every day with uh, Africa Rising Podcast. My name is Francis Doku from Accra.